The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about 10 miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 8 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today's message is the first half of a sermon preached recently entitled The Priority of the Word of God. Every day that we live and walk in this sin-cursed world, we need to ask ourselves the question, what is our priority? Is the Word of God our priority? If it's not, child of God, it ought to be. In Psalm 119, the psalmist deals with the Word of God and how it ought to take priority and be preeminent in our lives. I hope you'll join us today and tomorrow for this sermon entitled, The Priority of the Word of God. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit.
Psalm 119, if it had a theme, would be the Word of God. It is a psalm, it's the longest uh, chapter in the Bible. Interestingly enough, depending on how your, how your Bible is divided up, uh, you may see this or you may not, but in mine, uh, at the top of several different, there'll be, there are several different sections, it's divided up that way, seven or eight or nine verses each, and for instance, at the very beginning of the psalm, in verse 1, it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And just above that is the Hebrew, word, uh, Hebrew letter Aleph, which is the first letter in the Hebrew al alphabet. Just above verse 9 is the Hebrew letter Bet, which is, just, is the second letter. It corresponds to our letter B. And then it goes on from there, Gimel, Dalit, Hey, Vow. Zion and others, all the way down to the last, um, the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet, which is the letter, uh, the letter Tau. And uh, and what that does for us is really nothing, <laughs> but it is interesting that it, what this what this psalm is in the original Hebrew is a little progressive psalm, and each section begins. With that, so the, it, the verse verse one begins the, the the word there begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet Aleph. Verse nine begins with the second letter of the Hebrew alphabet Bet, and all the way down to the very end, where the last section begins with the last letter. Uh, that's verse one sixty nine begins with the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Tau. And, and the point is, it's, it's, a, it's a poem. It's a, it's a poetic uh, writing, if you will. Uh, and it's, it would have been easily memorized and easily learned and, and often repeated in the uh, Old Testament worship. And the theme of this longest chapter uh, in, the, in the Bible is the Word of God. Throughout this chapter, you'll see all kinds of statements that are elevating the law. It'll, it'll, it'll use the term law. It may use the term precepts. It talks about um, uh, thy word very often. And, and, but every time it's elevating the written word of God. And perhaps the most elevated it gets is found in verses 127 and 128 of Psalm 119, which is where I want us to take our text tonight. And this is what it says. It says in verses 127 and 128, Therefore I love thy commandments above gold, yea, above fine gold. So the writer here has an elevated sense of the value of the Word of God. The value of the Word of God to him is greater than the material blessings, the material things he might, uh, he might go out and make in his commerce. He, he could be a, he could, his, his job could be as a miner of fine metals. And he could be out drilling, drilling mines or digging mines and he could find the most precious metals out there and yet this writer would love those precious metals less than he loved the Word of God. I love thy commandments above gold. 
yea, above fine gold. And now look at verse 128. Therefore I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. What I want to preach to you about tonight, if, if we can get there, is the priority of the Word of God. The priority of the Word of God. This, is, this writer, who is inspired to write this, nonetheless clearly believes and feels what he's writing. God didn't take uh, somebody out here who who doesn't care about the things of God and just say, I'm going to make you write something that's totally against your nature. <laughs> he didn't do that. He took men who believed what they were writing. Paul, Paul believed everything he was writing. Now, he didn't write it because he believed it. He, write, he wrote it because God inspired him to write it. But here, this inspired writer says, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. You know, if, if the thing that I'm looking at here, this, this book that we call the Bible, if it's worth more than gold, and yea, fine gold, and if everything in here uh, concerning everything that I deal with is always and in every situation right, and I hate the false ways, there ought to be a priority that I place upon the Word of God. The priority of the Word of God. Now, for something like the Word of God to have priority in my life, it's got to have some authority, right? <laughs> it's got to have some authority. And I, don't, I really don't want to get bogged down, if you will, in the authority of the Word of God. I guess that's not the right way to put it, is it, Brother Mackey? Because getting bogged down in the authority of the Word of God, it's a better place to get bogged down in than, than in places I've gotten bogged down in in my life. So uh, it, it's okay, I guess, if we do. But I do want to remind us tonight that this, the Word of God is not like any other book. You know, it's an amazing book. I did a little research, and I'm not... Uh, all these figures are not exact, but they're pretty close, and they're based on the little research that I did. They're, they're accurate. Um, did you know that there are 66 books in the Bible? They were written by more than 40 different writers, most of whom we know who they are. Some of them we don't, but most of whom we know who they are. The Bible is, that we have today was written in three languages in its original form. The Old Testament, primarily written in Hebrew. All of the New Testament written in Greek. There's a few passages in Daniel and the book of Ezra that were written in, a, in Aramaic, which was the common language of the day of Jesus, actually. But it was written in three different languages. It was written on three different continents. <laughs> you know that? They were written in Asia, of course, primarily. That's where... That's where the Holy Land is. That's where Israel is. It was primarily written in, in that land, but also uh, some of the, at least we know for sure, some of, the, some of the passages in the book of Jeremiah were written in Egypt. That's down in Africa. And we know that Paul wrote some of his letters from prison in Rome. That's in Europe. Three different continents. And it was a diversity of writers. It was, you know, you had some, some high, highly educated scribes that wrote some of the Bible. 
you had some poor, uneducated farmers that wrote. So Amos said that's all he was. He was a herdsman. He was a her He wasn't anything. He he wasn't. He hadn't been to seminary. He hadn't been maybe not even hardly educated, just enough to write. You know, I, I'm I'm thankful that it doesn't take a, a DDM or a PhD to be able to get up here and preach the Word of God. Matter of fact, sometimes those things are a hindrance. <laughs> you know, you got to, somebody said one time, really, Brother Buddy said, he, he said, I've got a degree. I think it was Brother Buddy. He said, I've got a degree from the University of Alabama. I've mostly gotten over it through the years. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm thankful for the education I've got. I encourage you to get an education, but never let your education get in the way of the word of God. And that's one of the reasons I, I believe the Lord's led me to preach on this. We've got so many here that are going into either going into college for the first time or going back to college or certainly many in high school. But even if you're not in one of those institutions of higher learning out there, you're going to face things in this world that are going to teach you things directly contrary to the word of God. And the priority you place upon the Word of God, understanding its authority in your life will make a difference in whether you stay faithful or whether you fall into some kind of confusion and maybe even un ungodly living. This book that we call the Bible, written by kings, King David wrote some of the Psalms, written by scribes, written by those that were servants and slaves written by at least one murderer. At least one murderer. You know, the, the Apostle Paul, I, I, I was a prosecutor, as you know, for 20-something, nearly 25 years. I could have prosecuted the Apostle Paul for aiding and abetting in the stoning of Stephen. He was right there holding their coats, standing there with a view to help. I could, I'll, take that I'll take that case to trial any day under the laws of our land. And I could convict him of that. Now, <clears throat> I'm not putting down these fishermen, <laughs> fishermen that fish for a living, that were called in one place, Brother Buddy, ignorant and unlearned men. You know, the term ignorant, we sometimes use it as a pejorative term, but it really just means you don't know. You're not educated, not, not taught and not learned, you see. And they said they can't, but, but you know what their qualification was? <laughs> they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. You know, you, know what my, you know what my qualification is to be your pastor? I said, well, you've got a degree from the University of Alabama, don't you? Yeah, you've got a degree in... Greek and, and you took some courses in Hebrew and you took some religious study courses and you did that. You know what? That has nothing to do with my qualifications to stand here before you. I hope it helps me. I hope the courses I took and at the time I took them, I didn't necessarily think I was going to be preaching, but I thought it might help me in my study of the word of God. I hope some of those things help me, but some of those things hinder me. I told you some of you already tonight, and I think I mentioned it here before. I took some religious studies courses thinking they would help me in my course on the introduction to the New Testament at the University of Alabama was taught by an atheist professor. <laughs> Go figure. Think about how much I learned from that. Actually, I learned some things. Uh, you know, I take the position of eat the chicken, throw away the bones, you know. 
had had a little in that in that case it was just a little bit of chicken. There's <laughs> a lot of bones in that in that in that course. But but my point is is that the reason I'm standing here today is not because I have a degree from the University of Alabama. I know many preachers that are much better than I am that never went to college. Some of them didn't finish high school. Beloved, they were more qualified, if anything, than I am to preach. If I preach to you at all tonight, it'll be because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, because of the calling of God. See, God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called. <laughs> Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? Think about it, Brother Buddy and I have talked about it before. The diversity of gifts we have in, just in the area we know about. Every, every kind of walk of life you can think about. And beloved, I believe that I, I see myself as the least of those. I'm so glad when some of these brethren show up, they can take the pulpit. They might not have had the same education that some other preachers had, but praise God, they've been called by the same God. <laughs> see, that's a glorious thing. That's a glorious thing. <clears throat> the Word of God. Getting back to our thought tonight. This it was is an amazing book. It's an amazing compilation of, of of scriptures. And you know, one of the things about this this Bible that's amazing to me is I open it. I'm 53 years old. And I, I've been fairly serious about studying the Word of God since I was 15 or 14 or 15 or 16 years old. I've been a student of the Word. I hadn't always been as faithful as I should, but I've tried to stay in. I've tried to, you know, speaking in different capacities at church since I was 18 or 19 years old. You know, so I've focused on the Word of God. You know, I've been, so what's that? In 30 to 40 years I've been studying the Word of God, and I open it last night. <laughs> And I see something I've never seen before. Find something, some thought that's never occurred to me. Oh, wow, these scriptures go together. I see that now. Don't, don't, I don't, I've never figured out everything in the Word of God. I never have. I hope I never do. I got, I got a secret suspicion I never will, Brother Glendon. But see, if I could, think about this. If I could figure out this book, if I could, oh, yeah, I got it now. You know, I'm glad that I can't figure it all out because that just means the writer, the master writer behind all these 40 some odd individual tools, writing tools that, that he used. That just means he knows a lot more than I do. If I ever figure it all out, then that means he won't be any smarter than I am. <laughs> I don't want that. I don't, my, if, if, if the God I serve is no smarter than I am, I need to find me a different God. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I know my limitations. This word is amazing. It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. And this writer here uh, of, of this 119th Psalm in particular elevates it to the point where, uh, where he says, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right. Now, beloved, I want to ask you tonight, do you esteem all God's word, every precept in the word of God concerning everything to be right? <clears throat> you know, if you do, that means that the word of God is your priority. What's a priority? It's just when you prioritize things, you just put them in order as to what you think about them, you know, what you think is most important. Now, I, I've, I've gone through phases in my life where I thought different things were more important than others, you know. 
there was a time when I thought sports was probably right up at the top of the list, you know. I know people today that still put sports up there. There, there, are, there are people I know, and I'm not, if I, look, if I'm, if I'm hitting you with this, with this arrow I'm shooting out there, I don't mean to. I really don't know of anybody here that does this, but if you do, and I'm hitting you, it's not me, it's the Word of God. But, you know, I know people that will go to every single University of Alabama football game and, and, and will miss church two or three times a month. I know people that promote, that put sports above church, sports above the Word of God. I, that's, there was a time when it was high on my list, but probably the worst thing, the, the, the most difficult thing. I, some people put hunting, okay, and recreation above the Word of God and what it says. <clears throat> I've always enjoyed those things, but I've never really had a struggle with those things superseding the Word of God. But I tell you what I have had a struggle with. Work. Work. Sherry, I tell you, work's, work's been a problem for me in my life. Work's been an issue for me in my life because I, I can remember when I first started practicing law. I'd, I'd work from 8 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock at night every day most Saturdays, and just about every Sunday afternoon. I didn't, I didn't miss church that morning, unless I just had to. <laughs> but, I, but work became a work. I put work above the precepts of the Word of God. Now, I'm not talking about just missing church for, for work. And I understand that you sometimes get an ox in the ditch and have to get him out. I, that's, the Bible makes allowances for those kinds of situations. But I'll tell you what, it, what the Bible says to me as a husband. It says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. He didn't say go down there to work and provide her money and she'll be all right. He said give yourself for that. There have been times I've neglected my family for work just because I was a workaholic. Okay, that was my my struggle. That's been my struggle most of my life. I, I, I pray that the Lord has helped me with that, and I hope he has. I feel like maybe he has. But beloved, prioritizing, priorities just mean what's the most important to you. So this word of God that is inspired and inerrant, Jesus says the scripture cannot be broken. It's eternal. Psalm 119 and verse 89 says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, fixed, it's established forever. And by the way, it's been preserved. I'm not going to turn there because I get, if I do, if I go to Psalm 12, you turn to Psalm 12 and verses 6 and 7 sometime. If I go there, I'll stay there the rest of the night and I really don't want to do that. But it says this, thy words, I am going to go there too. I'm sorry. I got to go there. I believe in the divine inspiration of the word of God, but I also believe in the divine preservation of the word of God. And I don't have time to go into all of that, but I will say this. In Psalm 12 and verse 6, it says, the words of the Lord are pure words. We know that. As silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Now look, look at verse 7. Thou shalt keep them. What's he referring to? The words. The words here. The words on the page. The precepts. The commandments. Whatever you want to call them. The words. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. 
See, I believe the Lord has preserved for us His Word, and I do believe that the King James Bible is His preserved Word in English. There's many reasons. I really don't. I really, sometime I, I promise you, if the Lord will help me, if the Lord will lead me, I'll preach a message one, one night on the King James Version, I promise you. But, but do, do your own study. Look it up. Look it up as to compare, the, compare what, what was used in the 1600s to create this Bible versus the new stuff. And also look at what's left out. Look at what's left out. Let, let me just give you one example. You know, one of the foundational teachings, one of the foundational doctrines of our articles of faith here and of, of, of the articles of faith, of, of, uh, as far as I know, of every, at least I'm sure it's of every mainline Christian denomination, is the Trinity, the teaching of the doctrine of the Trinity. That is that God is, a, is one God, but he is, he is manifest in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Well, beloved, if, uh, if you get, uh, if you turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter um, Chapter 5 and verse 7, you're going to read this. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Wow, that sounds a little bit like a trinity, doesn't it? There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Beloved, that's the teaching of the trinity right there. But now let me give you fair warning. If you've got a new international version or some other of these versions and you go to try to find 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, it's not in there. That's been left out of the new versions. That, the doctrine, the foundational teaching, the most clear teaching of the doctrine of the Trinity is missing from the new versions. Why is that? That's a rhetorical question. I'll let you answer that. <laughs> Why do you think it is? You think that was an accident? No. It's not an accident, beloved. Stick with the old King James. Stick with that, what those, those translators uh, did back in so many years ago. But we'll, we'll move on from that. Let me, let me, because what I want to preach to you about more than the authority of the Word of God tonight is, is, is the priority in our lives of the Word of God. And this concept is taught throughout the scriptures. Now, now, certainly in order for something to be a priority, it ought to have authority. And that's why we talked about that. But the word of God should be that thing which is most important to us when in every situation of life that we face. Are you looking to change jobs? Go to the word of God for some instruction. Are you looking for a spouse? Are you trying to figure out who you're supposed to? Go to the Word of God. It'll tell you what kind of virtuous woman you need to be looking for or what kind of godly man you need to be seeking. Are you facing trouble and trial and temptation? Go to the Word of God. Is that your priority? It ought to be our priority in every case. Are you trying to figure out which church to be a part of? <laughs> Go to the Word of God. Measure the teachings of that church by the teachings of the Word of God, not by the things the preacher says. I mean, I hope, I pray you enjoy my preaching. I do. I hope I don't get up here and the sound of my voice grates on your nerves like fingers on a chalkboard, <laughs> you know. That'd be, that'd be kind of detrimental to your learning, wouldn't it? I, I hope that you, I hope there's, there's some degree 
of, of eloquence that comes out of my mouth. Now, it's not from me being such an eloquent person, but I'm talking about the Lord loosening my tongue and allowing me to be able to preach to you the unsearchable riches of Christ in a way that is pleasing to your ears and you can understand it. But beloved, my opinions don't matter. Turn with me back over to Deuteronomy chapter 13 as we deal with this idea of the priority of the Word of God. Listen to verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 13. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and giveth thee a sign or a wonder and the sign or the wonder come to pass whereof he spake unto thee. <laughs> now let me stop you right there. Well, that's a pretty big deal. You would think if I come out here and say I predict that a comet is going to hit Russia tomorrow and 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 the comet hits Russia tomorrow you say wow that guy is amazing he's in tune with God he must he's got some secret knowledge here we better listen to him but now 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 listen to what it says as you go on here it says and the sign or wonder come to pass where have he spoken to thee saying let us go after other gods which thou hast not known and let us serve them okay wait a minute there's a problem if i come out here and say hey a comet's going to hit russia tomorrow and by the way we need to leave this church and become muslims okay that's the same situation here we need to go after other gods you know what he says about that now now understand this is a this is a prophet whose prophecy has come true you think that's the guy you want to listen to right Look at verse 3. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Notice the situation here, as I've already said. This prophet has come up, and what he's told them was going to happen did happen. And normally you'd think, boy, that's the guy you need to listen to. But see, there's a different measuring rod than just this idea of signs being brought to pass. And the measuring stick is the Word of God. Did he, no matter what he says, no matter how true it may be in some other area, if he tells you something that's contrary to the Word of God, then you don't need to believe it. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's Z-I-O-N-P-B-C-1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismccool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.